0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, good morning. (laughs) Buenos dias. We all doing good today? I'm doing great because I am here with you. I'm so happy to be in the presence of the Lord uh, in his house together as a family uh, feel uh, extra privileged today. We, you know, some of you know Chip and Hope Bueller. They uh, surprisingly visit us this morning, and uh, that means I got to preach better because uh, he's a really great preacher. <laughs> Thanks for being with us today. Um, I know they wouldn't have wanted me to do that, so I'm sorry, but not really. Um, thank you guys for praying to all of you who prayed for uh, Jorge Julian and I. Uh, this past week, we uh, many of you know we were off to to Cuba, and uh, it was a very difficult trip um, it 's probably the most challenging travel situation i 've ever faced um, and uh, it was It was really awful traveling, but probably one of the most successful times of ministry that we 've ever been able to have down there so Thanks to all of you, you know, it was funny, uh, we, we were delayed in getting there an entire day, and then when we were trying to come back, we were delayed an entire day because of the bad weather here, and then finally on yesterday, when we finally were at the gate and getting, getting on the plane, um, we were told that now the airport is closed, and the pilot and the crew had no idea why, nor did they ever find out why, it's just the airport is closed. Like, ground stop. Wasn't weather. We don't know if it was something political or what. But we had to sit there for a while and uh, frantically trying to, you know, send messages like, please pray. <laughs> like, we got to go home. And um, I, I want to I wanna give this testimony that I send this message, pray, like, you know, like, activate the prayer chain. Like, get people praying. And literally, it was in like 10 or 15 minutes. Boom, we're cleared to take off. All right? So I want to thank you for praying. You guys, the mission down there is huge. Um, I don't have any photos for you right now because we just barely got back home last night, so we're, we're, we're here. We're here by the grace of God uh, this morning, but um, I, I just want to tell you guys that because of Encounter Church's generosity and the generosity of several others that are kind of partnering with this, we're continuing to feed and disciple upwards, well over actually 200 children on a weekly basis, okay? And we we were actually able to see um, a a new church that is being birthed, or it has already been birthed because of these outreaches to children, okay? Um, A brand new uh, campus of Uh, Nueva Vida Church, which the church that we work um, with there, is already beginning to open downtown Havana. They don't even have the building ready, but people are so hungry that they're already meeting. They're already praying. They've already baptized twenty-something new people from downtown Havana. God is just really, really moving. And something really, extremely exciting was that this time, not only because again because of your generosity, were we able to go and fund two more months. Of feeding and discipling these children, but also because again your generosity and the generosity of other partners that that do this with us, we were able to provide the finances for them to build a kids' church facility. If you've been with us to Cuba, you know that Sunday services it's rough with the kids because they don't really have anywhere for them. They're just kind of standing around and making a lot of noise and. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to keep them in order and all that, but they're going to actually be able to uh, condition a whole floor of a building into kids' classrooms and all kinds of other stuff. So we just want to thank, you know, what Bree just taught us, we live that. In Counter Church, you guys are an example of that to the world, and I want you to give the Lord a hand for him allowing us to be generous in his kingdom. I was thinking about it. You know, we don't have a big church. It's always been a miracle that we're able to do this. And I have no doubt that God will continue to miraculously provide so we can be generous to the nations. Amen. Do you believe that? All right. Well, good. Because that's the plan. It's my privilege to share God's word with you Uh, today as usual. If you'd like to follow along today's message, go in your Bible app to events, look up Encounter Church, and you can find the outline there. Or if you'd prefer a printed outline, we have some there in the box in the back. Today, we're continuing to press into Christology, right? Our year-long theme, Christology. And how about all together we declare our 2023 memory verse. If you don't have it memorized, you get to cheat on the screen. Ready? I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Revelation 1, eight. Y en español, yo soy el Alpha y la omega, el principio y el fin. Apocalipsis 8. This year, because Jesus Christ is the beginning and He is the end, He is the Word of God. This year, as we read through the Bible all together, we are doing what? We are finding Jesus from cover to cover. And in 2023 estamos... That's right. Why? Because Christ. Jesus Christ is God's Logos, right? Anybody remember what Logos means? Word, but what does it really mean? Remember, we get the word ology from Logos. Meteorology, meteor- yeah, right? Geology, okay? What is ology? Anybody remember? The reason why, that's right. Meteorology is the reason why weather does what it does, right? Right? And Christology is because Jesus Christ is the reason why of everything, from cover to cover, from beginning to end. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He's theology. <laughs> Did you get that? He's theology, right? He's theology. He's the reason why. I don't want any theology that isn't Jesus, because he is the story. He is everything from beginning to end. And you guys, we've only begun to scratch the surface. We're in March already. I don't know how, what we're gonna do. One year's not gonna be enough to discover Jesus from cover to cover, right? We're just in Genesis. I mean, come on, already we've, we've, we've learned just from Genesis, just scratching the surface, right, that Christ is the word in creation, right? Then we keep on going, right? And then we learn that Christ, we see Christ as God uses animal skins to cover Adam and Eve after they sin, right? That's a representation of Christ. And he's the one who crushes, he's going to crush the serpent's head, right? That's Christ, Christ crucified. We see Christ in the shedding of innocent Abel's blood because he offered the right kind of sacrifice. There's Jesus right there, right? We see in the story of Noah... That Christ is the, he is the ark. Thank you, Caleb. Christ is the ark, but what do we need to do? Get in. in. That's right. You got to get in Christ. Christ is the one who heals the division that took place at the Tower of Babel, right? He's the one who brings us all back together in him. He reunites us and heals the division of Babel through the cross in his spirit. And then Christ, we see Christ in the sacrifice, in Abraham's sacrifice of, of Isaac. We see the father sacrificing, willing to sacrifice his son. And we see Christ is also, what does Abraham find in the thicket? The ram, right? Y'all, that's only like half of Genesis. <laughs> Today, I'm gonna go ahead and jump to Jacob. Is that okay? We're gonna go to to Jacob. Does anybody know what Jacob means? Very good. By the way, the title of today's message is Stairway to Heaven. All right. And I don't mean Led Zeppelin, okay? This is a very different stairway to heaven. Come on, somebody. What does Jacob mean? What does his name mean? Deceiver, his name actually in Hebrew sounds like, like the word heel, like your heel, okay? And why was he named he, uh, heel? Why was he named Jacob? Anybody remember? Because he was a twin. What was his brother's name? Esau. When Esau came out first, where was Jacob? Right behind him, grabbing onto his heel, right? <laughs> he wanted to be first. He's like, oh, no, you don't, <laughs> right? Jacob means heel, which is an allusion to deception. And you know, I don't have time to read a lot about Jacob, but if you read through his life, he often resorted to deception to try to put himself first. That's, that was Jacob. That's just what he did. Okay. He was a deceiver and he used deception to try to put himself first. And so this put Jacob and Esau at odds to say the least, right? Anybody remember what Jacob did to um, Esau's birthright? Well, he, he kind of tricked him into selling it. Now, Esau could, could have had a better attitude, but Jacob tricked him, basically tricked him, right? Okay. What about his blessing from father, his father? <laughs> he stole it. <laughs> he st- he literally stole it. Like he pretended to be Esau and stole the blessing from Isaac. Okay. And so, you know, they weren't the best of friends, <laughs> but. Anybody remember Jacob and Esau's mom's name? Come on, Bible quizzing you today. What was her name? Rebecca, very good, all right. Rachel ends up being his wife. Okay, but his mom was Rebecca, okay? And she was like, Jacob, you got to get out of here because Esau's mad and he's trying, he wants to kill you. So I want you to go, go flee to my brother, okay, Uncle Laban, I want you to go and stay with him, because if not, Esau's going to kill you. So Jacob obeys mommy and takes off to Uncle Laban, but on the way, something amazing happens. Jacob has a very vivid encounter with God, and let me just say this before we read it. God did not encounter Jacob because Jacob was good. Jacob was not good. <laughs> but especially now. He got good later, right? He got good later because that's how it happens. We, we don't encounter God because we're good. We encounter God and then we get good. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> But God did not encounter Jacob because Jacob was good. God encountered Jacob because God is good. And he wanted to reveal himself to Jacob and through Jacob who became Israel, right? And so it's so important to, as we read this, this is, has nothing to do with Jacob being good and you ever having an encounter with God has nothing to do with you being good. It's because he is good, all right? Who's ready to read about the deceiver? This right here is the moment when Jacob's life began to change. It was the first of many encounters he had with God. Ready? Genesis 28, we're going to read 10 through 17. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled towards Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. The, uh, on Monday, we... Uh, climbed Stone Mountain, and Oliver remembered this story. He's like, look, this is like where Jacob would have slept, right? All the rocks, all right. He slept on a rock, and as he slept, he dreamed of a a Stairway. stairway that reached from earth, from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, (laughs) right? Yahweh, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather, Abraham, the God of your father, Isaac. The ground where you're lying belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. Is this starting to sound familiar? They'll spread out in all directions, the east and west, north and south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What promise is this? This is Abraham's promise, right? Then Isaac, now Jacob. What's more, I'm with you, and I'll protect you wherever you go. One day I'll bring you back to this land. I won't leave you until I've finished giving you everything I've promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. Right. I think he's saying it just like that. The Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid. (laughs) Because remember who we're dealing with here? He didn't really know God yet. He was afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It's none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Now, today... I ask forgiveness in advance if I burst any bubbles. Is it okay to burst some bubbles today? My bubbles have been burst many times and it's always been good for me. Yeah? So if any bubbles get bursted today, then praise the Lord. Today I want to talk to you about the stairway or the gateway to heaven, but the first thing we have to understand is what is heaven really? What is heaven? When we read in the Bible the word heaven or heavens, what does it actually mean? Because unfortunately, in Western, the Western mindset over the past few centuries, the, the kind of the meaning of what it says, what heaven really is in the Bible has kind of been distorted okay? You don't find this misconception as much in Eastern Christians, but you find it a lot in Western Christians, and I don't mean the West Coast. I mean us, Americans, (laughs) British, right? Okay, so it's so important, though, if we were to understand when we read the word that we understand what the words mean, right? So it's important to have a biblical understanding of heaven, and you guys, this could take a whole series to teach you. I can't do it in 20 or 25 minutes. So just bear with me and grab as much as you can as quickly as you can, okay? Okay, some misconceptions first about heaven. Again, especially in Western Christians. A lot of people, when they hear the word or read the word heaven in the Bible, think of some faraway place that we're going to go when we die, okay? Don't raise your hand, but how many of us have thought that? When I, I when I die, you know, when I, when I die and... When we all get to heaven, right? Yeah, we're not going to get to heaven. (laughs) There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. Bear with me, okay? Granted, there is a place in scripture referred to many times as paradise, okay? Which is where when our soul departs our body, it says we go and be with the Lord. Like Jesus told the thief on the cross, the day you'll be with me, where? in paradise but that is not the word heaven okay that is not the word heaven okay what we do have is a promise that just as Jesus rose from the grave in the same way every one of our bodies will be resurrected and when that happens he will bring about a new a totally new earth and new heavens okay so Again, bear with me. It does not mean some faraway place we go when we die. Here's another misconception. Heaven is a totally different world. It's totally separate from this world. And one day we're going to escape there. (laughs) Right? Unfortunately, that's been the view of a lot of Western Christians for the past few centuries. All we're doing is waiting on the rapture. We're just waiting to get out of here. Right? Y'all don't laugh because a lot of you have thought that way. (laughs) We're just waiting to escape this world and go to this place called heaven. But sorry to tell you, it's not really the way it works. Okay? You're not supposed to escape this world. Actually, we're called to bring heaven into the earth. We're not called to escape this world. (laughs) But to bring heaven into this world. The kingdom of God will displace and replace all the kingdoms of the world. Okay? One more misconception. Heaven is a spiritual world, right? It's just a spiritual world. And it's separate and like disconnected from the natural world. It's like a, just, it's like a different world. Who knows where, but it's, it's there, but it's, but it's not connected to our natural world. It's a different world altogether, right? Right? None of, those, none of those concepts are biblical at all. <laughs> now, I can understand why we think we're going to go to heaven when we die, because in reality we are, but it's more like we're gonna, it's going to come to us kind of thing, okay? But heaven, if I could give you just the most simplistic definition I can, not and believe me, there's way more to it than this, but this is as simple as I can put it, Okay. Heaven is, number one, heaven is God's realm. Heaven is God's realm, okay? The earth is our realm. But they are not disconnected. They are not separate from one another. Heaven, or many times it's heavens in the Bible, okay? God created the heavens and the the earth, okay? Okay? And to actually be a living, breathing human, what do we have to do with our lungs? Breathe in what made Adam and Eve actually human. He says that, what did God do? He breathed the breath of life into them, right? Okay, so we live on the earth surrounded by the heavens, okay? And heaven and earth are not disconnected, they actually are sort of like, um, what's the, what's the right word? they they overlap. They overlap. Heaven and earth overlap. Let me, let me, let me give you sort of an example. Okay. Right now we can see the surface of the earth, right? The physical surface of the earth. Yes? Well, the carpet anyway. We can see the earth. Give me a break. Okay. Okay. But there is something that is just as real that you can't see, but you're breathing it. You're alive because of it. Right? There's a whole world we can't see, and we're breathing it in. And guess what? One day... We're going to breathe it out, (laughs) and that's the end of this, right, for a while. Heaven and earth are not disconnected. They're very much connected. In fact, they overlap. God's realm and our realm are not disconnected. If God disconnected from our realm, we would be no more just like that. He is life. He is life. He upholds everything by the word of his mouth, right? He's life. He's breath. One day you will no longer be lent that breath. (laughs) But heaven and earth actually are connected and they overlap. Heaven is God's realm and it overlaps with our realm. Now, this is, this is really important because when we read here in Genesis, stairway and gateway imply a direct connection between heaven and earth. It doesn't say that at the top of the stairs was an abyss and somewhere way out yonder was the Lord. He was right at the top of the stairway and it was directly connected by that stairway. Why? Because heaven and earth are Connected. Okay? Stairway and gateway imply a direct connection, and they actually flow from one to another. That's why he saw angels going up and down. Okay? Down the stairway. And then he called it the gateway. In other words, the door. Does that sound like anybody? Anybody ever call themselves the door? Oh, we're gonna get there. Okay. Heaven and earth are not two separate places or realities. They actually together make up the cosmos, right? Heaven and earth together make up the universe. Some people, and it's not totally incorrect, refer to this as the spirit realm, okay? It's God's realm, but it's not disconnected from our realm. You guys okay? Now, there's way more than that and we'll dig more into it in the future but Jacob's ladder is a picture is a is a vivid picture of the connection between heaven and earth and this is the deal most of the time just like Jacob we are unaware we're unaware He said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was unaware. I don't know about you, but there have been moments in my life when God has shown up. And it was like, oh, you were here and I didn't even know it. I was unaware. But God wants us to live aware of the heavenly reality. He wants us to live aware that heaven and earth are connected. How? How is this? Well, let me give you one more little thing and we're gonna move on. The Hebrews, the Jewish people actually believed that there were certain places and times in history where heaven and earth connected and heaven literally invaded. Heaven came into the earth. Anybody know the first one? We talked about it already. The tabernacle. The tabernacle in in, in the wilderness, right? They literally believed that heaven and earth that was like the meeting place they actually called it the tent of meeting because heaven and earth met that's why there was the cloud the voice right that's why moses face shone when he came out from there it was a place where heaven and earth combined they overlapped okay then move forward a little bit in the time of solomon what's the next meeting place the temple They believed, the Jews believed that at the temple in Jerusalem, heaven and earth met, okay? Now look at me for a second. I know that's a lot. And you're asking me, what does this have to do with Christology, okay? Where are we finding Jesus in this? Are you ready? Number two. The Jews believed that the final and ultimate connection between heaven and earth was going to be the Messiah, And we know him as the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ connects heaven and earth. Christ is the direct connection between God's realm and ours. There's no separation anymore. If you're in Christ, you're directly connected to the spirit realm, to the heavens. Christ is the direct connection between between God's kingdom and the world. Okay? Christ is the direct, direct connection between God's presence and us. His presence isn't way out there somewhere. His presence is literally right here with us through Christ. God incarnate. When Jesus came, literally, what did he tell The people tear down this temple, and in three days, I'll raise it back up. He was literally showing that he was and is the direct connection, the place where heaven and earth overlap. The amazing thing is we're now in Christ. (sighs) That's why he kept saying, the kingdom of God is where? It's right here. It's at hand. It's right in front of you. Come right on in. He called it the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Heaven is not someday. Heaven is right now. The kingdom of heaven isn't coming. The kingdom of heaven already came. Are you in it? If you're in Christ, you're in it. You may be unaware, but the Lord is in this place. You may be unaware, but if you're in Christ, the Lord is actually in you. Jesus Christ directly connects heaven and earth. Look at John chapter 1, 47. Jesus himself, it he say, he says, as they approached, Jesus said, now here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. (laughs) Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You'll see greater things than this. He didn't know what was about to happen, right? Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will see, you all will see what? Heaven open and the angels of God going up And down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Jacob's ladder is a picture of Christ, right? That stairway to heaven was just a vision of what was to come when the Messiah, when God was going to be incarnate, when God himself was going to come and take on flesh and directly connect our natural world to the heavens, okay? Jesus Christ is Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder is Jesus Christ. He is the bridge that connects heaven and earth. And the gospel is the good news, again, of the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of heaven. Heaven already invaded earth through Christ. We no longer live separate from heaven because through Christ, in Christ, we've entered the kingdom of heaven. Now listen. God is king. And this is where a lot of times we, we, we don't have the proper perspective. It's not that God's going to be king. In fact, he's always been the king. <laughs> God is supreme, king of the universe. And when Jesus came in the flesh into the natural world, he brought heaven into earth. And when he was raised up on the cross, crown of thorns, what did the plaque on the top of the cross say? King of the Jews. They didn't mean to. But they declared who he really is, right? Jesus was raised up as king when he went to the cross. Then when he rose from the grave, he conquered death. He erased, he tore down the separation between God's realm and our realm. And the kingdom of heaven invaded the earth. And now he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if you are under King Jesus, you're living in the kingdom of heaven. Now, and yes, I get excited about it. I love the fact that this is, this is so powerful to me. This, this is something that I try to tap into every single day. In Christ, the gate is permanently open and it never closes. Heaven is never closed. If you are in Christ, if you've been born again, if you've repented of your sins and surrendered to Jesus Christ as Lord, heaven, the realm of God, is always totally, completely open, and you have access all the time. We no longer live separate from heaven because through Christ we have entered the kingdom of heaven, and it, it is permanently open. John 10 7 through 9, I tell you the truth. Jesus said, I am the, the gate. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but, I, but, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate, and those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Free access, we can come and go. Now, not come and then go and leave him. That's not what it means, right? The sheep are always with the shepherd, right? But we can come and go. As we come and go, we can live coming and going to Jesus every single moment of our life. And we'll always be led to a good pasture. He'll always feed us. He'll always care for us. (laughs) He leads us into the riches and the realities of heaven. This is the deal. That's why the Bible says we're now citizens of heaven. Not one day, now. <laughs> right now. I live under the king. That's the kingdom I'm a part of. Now, I'm going to wrap it up with this one, okay? I want to close today. A lot of times I'll give you three points and teach them. In that, but I'm going to close with number three. Is that Okay. Heaven lives in the believer. Heaven lives in the believer, right? Heaven is God's realm. Christ connects heaven and earth, but heaven actually lives in in the believer. Why? Because in, in Revelation, we see the Holy Spirit pictured as where? He is around the throne. It says him who's seated on the throne and the lamb before the throne and surrounding the throne, the sevenfold spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And then it says, and that spirit has been sent into every corner of the earth. The Holy Spirit has come to live in us And because he lives in us, Jesus' wonderful gift, the the father's amazing promise that his very own spirit would join with our spirit and make us sons and daughters of God. Now he's our Abba. And he lives with us, in us, and in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he comes on us. We have heaven in us and all around us. Heaven lives literally in the believer. First Corinthians 3 16, final scripture. Don't you realize? Remember, I wasn't aware. He's asking, don't you realize? Because we don't realize. <laughs> don't you realize that all of you together are the what? The connection between heaven and earth. You you are together the overlapping of God's realm and the world and that the Spirit of God lives where? In you. It's okay to pray, Holy Spirit, come. It's okay. But understand, He's gonna come up out of you. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of heaven fills an atmosphere, not because he comes down from heaven every time we pray, but because heaven lives in us. And when we tap into that, when we realize it, that the Lord is in this place, then he can be in this place. Come on, look at me. When we realize the Lord is in this place, he can come and be all up in this place. And I don't mean the church. (laughs) I mean the world you live in including the church. Thank you, Jesus. We are now, if, we're, if you're in Christ, you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, you are, you are literally like a Jacob's ladder. We are, as believers, as followers of Christ, we are, for many, the gateway for people to come into the presence of God. Jesus didn't put angels in charge of declaring the kingdom of heaven. He put us in charge of it. Our message is, remember, repent, the kingdom of heaven. It's right here. It's Christ. Come on in. And when we do that, we don't only have heaven in us, but we get heaven in other people. Yeah? Just before we spend some time really pressing in to his presence, I want to ask, I want to make sure that you know that you have entered the kingdom of heaven, that heaven lives in you. And hear the way I said that. I didn't say, I want to make sure one day you're going to go to heaven. If heaven lives in you, you're going to go to heaven. <laughs> okay. Are you connected to heaven? Are you in Christ? He's the only way in. He's the gate. He's the way. He's everything. Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have Jesus, if you haven't received Jesus, if you haven't surrendered to Jesus, you can right now. Today, your life will change forever. You'll go from darkness to light. But you've got to make King Jesus the king of your life. Does anybody need to do that today? I, you know, I'm not going to get you to bow your head or any of that. Does anybody, does anybody need to do that right now? If the, t- t- Surrender your life to Jesus is that any, if that's you would you just wave at me and say that's me you just pop your hand up and down and say that's me if you're embarrassed to do that that's fine whatever i promise you if you make this decision you're going to tell everybody about it one day that's how it happened to me i got jesus in my bedroom and then i told everybody about it it wasn't in a church raising my hand okay it's about a decision to make jesus king I just want to do this. If you've never been born again, or if at some point you've received Christ in your life, but you've gone astray, you've backslidden, you're far away. You want to come back home today. I want to challenge you and urge you to make the decision right now, today. I'm leaving my sinful life behind and I'm surrendering to Jesus. You know, I don't have to get it all right to encounter God like Jacob right I'm going to encounter him I'm going to surrender to him I'm going to put my faith in him and I know that will change me okay let's just declare the lordship of Jesus over our life today Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe you want to lift your hands. If you're making this decision, do it with your whole heart today. If you've been backslidden, come home to God today. If you're living for Jesus, renew your commitment to him as your king today. Come on, why don't we just declare all together, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. And I surrender to Jesus Christ as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for coming, for dying, for rising, for returning to the Father. You are the King. I believe in you. I trust in you. I turn away from sin. I turn my life over to you. Jesus is my King. I surrender to you today. Thank you, Lord. Now, listen, if you made a decision today, whether you raise your hand or not, that's beside the point. If you made a decision today to follow Jesus, be it the first time, or you were backslidden and you're coming back, or you just simply need to know more about this following Jesus thing, What is that? How do I do that? What do I need to do? I want to encourage you right now, pull out your phone and text the word Jesus to that number on the screen. It's the number that's on the magnet behind the chair as well. Just text Jesus. We're going to send you a video explaining what it means to be saved and what you need to do next to be a follower of Jesus.